everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast, and looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and many other podcasts that I host as well. I thought I'd do a little bonus episode, bringing both podcasts together in a way, because two big, big 80s TV parents of the 80s come together in one movie called Terror in the Family. It's a TV movie. It came out in 1996. It starred Joanna Kearns, who we all know as Maggie Seaver, the wife and the wife of Jason Seaver, the mother of Mike, Carol, and Ben, and Chrissy Seaver. And Dan Loria, who we all know as the famous one of the most greatest TV dads of all time, just like Joanna Kearns is one of the greatest mothers of TV sitcoms of the 80s of all time. Dan Loria played Jack Arnold on The Wonder Years, husband to Norma Arnold, played by Allie Mills, father to Karen Arnold, Wayne Arnold, and of course, our favorite, Kevin Arnold. So these two are teaming up. They are playing husband and wife, to one Academy Award winning actress, Hilary Swank. This was in 96, so it was just three years shy of her Academy Award winning role as Brandon Tina in the movie Boys Don't Cry that I think has an amazing soundtrack. I'm going to read the IMDb description. We got two different ones here. Let's see here. The portrait of a dysfunctional 90s suburban family who, where behind closed doors, alcohol and rebellion are hidden among the lie of perfection. 15-year-old Dina's sleazy, twisted boyfriend is believed at first to be the cause. Um, I can't believe that that is the description that we see. There is another one here that might be, mm, maybe a little better. 15-year-old Dina Martin wants the same freedom every teenager craves. But when she can't have her way, her rebellious temperament erupts in violence. Her parents, Cynthia and Todd, fear her new boyfriend, Garrett, 17, is the cause. Distraught, Cynthia turns to alcohol, and Todd escapes in his work. They're unaware their Boy Scout son, Adam, 13, sips from a vodka bottle hidden in his bedroom. And the problems in this dysfunctional family continue to worsen. Wow, that gives away a lot of the movie. <laughs> it really, really does. This movie is got a 5.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb, courtesy of 459 ratings. It was directed by Gregory Goodall. Good, Goodell? Goodell? Also written by Gregory Goodell. Let's look at some user reviews here. Okay, I'm going to read a one-star review entitled... Avoid at all costs. This review actually was from nine years ago in January of 2010. A banal, is that how you say B-A-N, banal? I think it's banal. Banal collection of sub-Hollywood cliches. The cast try hard but are shackled at all times by teeth-grindingly awful dialogue and the elephantine, oh my goodness, this person likes to use big words, or words that uh, I can't properly pronounce. Elephantine <laughs> plot, which I 
which is the trademark of the TV movie. Read a book. Take the dog for a walk. Anything. Just don't waste your time watching this turgid apology of a movie. <laughs> Swank fans and, in quotations, and I am one, may be tempted to tune in just to see your performance. Trust me, folks, this is not advisable. <laughs> this stinks big time. I watched with low expectations, and the film failed to live up even to those. If you must watch a TV movie, then try the excellent Citizen X. Huh? What is that? Or, um, well, there must be more that aren't unremittingly dreadful. Sadly, for all concerned, especially the viewers, this is not one of them. Yuck. Wow. Well, like I always say, everyone's entitled their own opinion. <laughs> they didn't sugarcoat it at all. They did not like this movie. Alright, so I read a review that was 1 out of 10 stars. Now I'm reading a 10 out of 10 star review. A good scary movie for desperate housewife and TV is in quotations. Okay. I suppose that the biggest fear for those mothers would be to see their dear children becoming dangerous. A bit like the exorcist here, this menace happens for a rebellious lost teenage daughter and the family is torn to shreds. For a humble TV movie, I found that the story is remarkably well-written. It seems totally believable, even when things turn bad. The reactions of all families members seems genuine, so it's really gripping and moving. The production is well done, as we really inhabit the house for this winter, and for sure... I'm just reading straight from this review, guys. I'm not... <laughs> Correcting any of the uh, the grammar here. Uh, the cast is wonderful. Miss Kern is the iconic mother from sitcoms. Yes, she is. For one time, the father takes the matter in his hands and nearly stuns with her early talent. She plays like an old Oscar nominee in her very personal style. Simple and honest. Takes her apart from all other starlets. Usually TV movie are crippled movies, but not this one. All right. And, um, I believe, is season seven, Hilary Swank played Sasha Sorotsky, who was in maybe at least two or three episodes of Growing Pains. She played a girl that Ben was all into, that she was, like, the unattainable, I don't know where Laura Lynn went in the show after, um, season five, but, um... Yeah, the girl's not interested in Ben. But anyway, we're not talking about growing pains. <laughs> um, I remember this movie. It was on TV. Uh, a friend of mine had seen it, and I was like a big, like literally when I was 15, 16, big major growing pains fanatic. And I hadn't, I missed the movie on TV. I'd seen it advertised, like, I want to see it. And unfortunately, I had a bedtime at like 9 o'clock. Um, so my friend, I asked her to describe in detail <laughs> the movie to me. Luckily, uh, the movie, I believe, came back on TV when I was able to record it off of the television and watch it that way. So that was pretty cool. What can I say? When I was a teenager, I lived, I wanted to be part of the Seaver family. And I looked upon Joanna Kearns as one of the greatest all-time TV mothers of all time. So, 
That being said, let's jump into this movie. Now, I remember how this movie opens. Joanna Curran's name pops right up there, right on, right at the top here. So we see the title card of the movie pop up, Terror in the Family. The music is very, very ominous. It leads you to believe, yes, this is going to be a dark, dark movie. TV movie. As dark as you can get for TV. We see on the mantle, either it's a fireplace or I think there's a piano because the son is a piano player. Um, we see pictures of, I'm guessing these are real childhood pictures of Hilary Swank as a little girl. And then, of course, Adam is played by, well, Adam get to, gets to play Adam. Um, actor Adam Hendershot with two T's. So these are clearly pictures that their parents have, you know, their childhood pictures. Oh, here's some trivia. Actor Ryan Moritz, Moritzen? Who the heck did he play? I don't know who the fuck Ryan play, this Ryan person played, but apparently he's uncredited in this movie, yet there's trivia on here. He's worth having a bit of trivia. Was still living in Sandy, Utah while working on this production. He used to visit Hollywood to stay for visits to work on productions while networking and helping on TV and film productions. Sometimes he did extra work. Um, I gotta ask, is this this Ryan guy and putting his own trivia? Because what the fuck does this have to do with the damn movie? I mean, I had to go into see all cast and his name was at the bottom and it was in parentheses uncredited. Who the fuck are you, Ryan? I'll look for this Ryan in this movie. And if he's not a prime player in the movie of the main cast, then he's like a blink and you miss him character. Then I'm like, why the fuck do I care about him? Because I don't. All right. Keep working on the movie here. So this is one of those movie tropes that starts at that, like the halfway, like towards the end and then like flashes back to six months or three months later. And then eventually the movie goes along, shows its giant backstory, and then eventually gets to the point where the, it started at the beginning of the movie. Just to give you an idea of how this all culminated to be. We see a current picture of Dina, played by Hilary Swank, and her 13-year-old brother, Adam. Dina is around 15, 16 years old. We hear her coming in. Her parents are like, hey... Why were you out? You're supposed to be in your room. She's like, I just went for a walk. And her dad's like, you went for a walk? Really? At two in the fucking morning, you went for a walk? And she's like, well, I've been in my room all day. You've been locked up in my room. And then her dad adds like, well, I'll nail the damn door shut. You'll be locked in your room. You haven't been locked in your room, but I will nail the damn door shut. And you will really be locked in your room. You won't be going anywhere. So we cut to the mirror as we hear, put that down, put that down. We hear something shatter that mirror as we see Joanna Kearns. Her hair is just disheveled and she's wearing her robe. They, Her and her husband were probably in bed. They got woken up by Dina coming home at 2 in the morning. And so looks like some big confrontation is going to happen. Okay, I got to agree with the reveal. The reveal. The dialogue already is really fucking hokey as hell. And they're like, put that down. And uh, her mother gets slapped 
And she says, she screams, get out or I'll kill you. Oh, just like that. It's like, that is weak. Girl, you are three years away from starring in Boys Don't Cry and getting an Academy Award. Show your stuff. I want to see your acting. Maybe we'll, it'll get a little better. I haven't seen this in quite a while, but... <laughs> and even her brother's yelling at her, like, what are you doing as Dina grabs a knife to threaten her parents? So another movie that I've seen similar to this... Oh, you can actually watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Danger Dangerous Child. came out in 2001. has Delta Burke... And Ryan Merriman plays her son, Jack. She is a divorced mother, faces the bitter irony of being suspected of child abuse, when in fact her own teenage son is taking verbal and physical swipes at her. Alright, I'm, I'm not covering that movie, because that movie is just as fucking bad. I'm not saying this movie is garbage. It's, it's, it's decent. I'd give it probably a 6 out of 10, but we'll wait till I cover the whole movie. So we see her younger brother on the phone saying, hey, he called the cops, my mom's bleeding, more really cruddy dialogue, it's not good. I want to play just a smidge. I want to play a smidge you can hear. It's really bad. You see what I'm talking about? It's not good, but all right, let's let's get moving this forward. Okay, so all of this goes down in the course of three months. That's not a lot of time. So we definitely do see some 90s fashion, what with the overalls and the striped shirts. And Dina is just your typical American 90s teenager. So we got this music the score of the movie is just it opens with it's really really dark ominous so when we cut back to three months earlier we hear it's got a, a, a guitar undertone to it where it's not so much dangerous sounding about what's to come it's just more your typical 90s rock feel Dina comes home, her room is a mess, because what teenager's room wasn't a mess back in the day? Her walls are, like, kind of a Pepto-Bismol pink color. She's got a really nice bay window in her room that's got a nice little nook where you can just hang out and, like, sit and read a book. But she's got so much shit crammed onto this thing clothes. She's got a little 13-inch TV just, just sitting there. She's got a mannequin that's got a pink bikini and then also some other clothes just draped over it. We cut downstairs. We see her, Dina's younger brother, Adam, who is also in the Boy Scouts. He's dressed up to go to Boy Scouts. He's also, play, he also plays the piano, so he's musical. Joanna Kearns pops into the scene her hair is short, kind of like Growing Pains Season 7 short. Granted, this is four years. Wait, is it four years? Yeah, because Growing Pains ended in 92, and this is 96. So she's 
four years off of Growing Pains. Maggie Seaver would not look like this unless she were sick in bed. She looks really rough. Her blonde hair looks really dull and drab, just hanging against the sides of her face. She puts down a plate of spaghetti and garlic bread for her son to eat. So clearly, the whole family is not sitting down to a meal. This definitely lets you know this family does not eat together. Purely, we haven't seen just how dysfunctional, I mean, other than the opening from what you heard, this is your typical family that does not sit down and eat dinner together. So, Joanna Cairns plays Cynthia, Dina and Adam's mother. She kind of hangs out in the doorway, leaning against the, um, the frame there, and just watching her son, who immediately stops, whoops, looks at his mom like, Mom, I, I can't play if you watch me. Just like I can't podcast if Jeremy's up here in the room. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just, I, I can't. So we cut back up to Dina's room here, and she's wearing the flannel because it's the 90s. I wore flannel in the 90s. And she's just uh, standing in front of her mirror, putting on some makeup, getting ready to go out. She's got a poster of what looks like an Olympic swimmer on the back of her door. One of the biggest things that will constantly come up as a fight between... Dina and her mother, where they disagree, is no teenager wants their parent coming into their room and cleaning their room. And right away, her mother's like, Dina, didn't I tell you to clean your room up? And of course, a typical teenage response, don't worry, mom, I'll do it later. I gotta go. I'm, I got things to do. I got people to see. Oh, no, her mother is downstairs yelling from the kitchen up the stairs. She ain't gonna hear you with that music blaring. You may as well just stand at the foot of the stairs and scream up to her bedroom as good as it's doing you standing at the uh, the uh, kitchen sink there as she's doling out spaghetti. The dad finally comes up. He's got a little workshop in his basement where he makes these really nice wood bowls. and. I don't know what he actually does for a little... We might learn what he actually officially does. Because this is just a hobby for him. This is more like a hobby you have making wooden bowls when you're retired. Like, something to do when you're retired. Like, taking up a hobby or a craft or something like that. And you notice on the Kitchen Island... He's already admiring one of his bowls that's got, like, two different types of wood. And just, he's commenting on how the grain just really goes together seamlessly, the two different types of wood. How one is more of a tanner cream color and the other one is more of a dark oak color. He just wants someone to appreciate the work that he puts in to making these wood bowls. He writes software. That's what he does for a living. Okay. He's like, I wish... He's just gazing into this bowl he created. I wish I could quit making... Designing software and do this full time. Because it's clearly just a hobby right now. And 
He's not even paying attention to his wife, Cynthia. Like, she's like, I called her three times already. It's dinner. Why isn't she coming down? He's not even paying attention. So clearly, the husband and wife, they're pretty disconnected. Even from this scene. Oh my gosh! This makes me think of the final season of The Wonder Years where Jack Arnold wanted to get into the woodshop business. Making furniture. So he's just fishing for compliments on his woodworking skills. His wife is like, honey, it looks great, but why are you doing this in my kitchen? I'm trying to get dinner done so everyone can sit down and eat. Um, he's kind of under a deadline a little bit because he's got an art fair he's going to in another town. So she asks for how long is he going? He's like, oh, it's just overnight from Saturday to Sunday. And the look that, because he's not even looking at her. He's just enamored in his wood bowls. She has this look of irritation and almost like, you care more about this shit than me. This shit that you're working on than spending time with your own wife. Which, we'll get into that later on when she finally has just had it with this hobby of his. We cut outside, we see a teenage boy, and he's throwing what looks like pebbles up to Dina's bedroom, which is on the second level of the house. So Cynthia's had enough of trying to call her daughter down to dinner and just fixes her a plate of spaghetti and garlic bread and that sauce. That is going to get all over. You don't eat that stuff in your bedroom. But of course, she opens the door, plate in hand, looks around, Dina, I've told you, Time and again, clean your room. So Dina is clearly a very busy girl because she said, I'm going out. And her mother's like, but you just got home. And Dina tells her, I've been home for an hour. She's like, well, are you going to eat your dinner? I made it for you. She's like, nope, I'm not hungry. And of course, she, her mother says, I told you we had an agreement. If you kept your room clean, I would not go in it. So, and apparently Dina is on the swim team as well. So, little bits here. We're getting little, little bitlets of info about these characters' backstories. Okay, now that it's darker and in the evening time, at first I thought maybe in the daylight it's like kind of a pinkish um, painted walls, but now it almost looks like a burgundy red color, which... I would love to have red walls, but Jeremy's not into that. Apparently, Dina's such in a hurry that she doesn't even turn her music off. She grabs a go, Bye! I gotta go make up with my boyfriend! Of course, her mother goes, turns it off, and then straightens a picture on her daughter's bureau that says, Daughters are special. A daughter fills the heart with a special kind of love. So that's just showing that they don't have the best, closest relationship. Or maybe they did when she was younger. We also see that Dina has also won some awards for her swimming. She's got a couple medals. She's got a trophy. Apparently she's also a musician. As we cut to someone's basement, her boyfriend's a musician and she is one of the singers in the band. So I gotta say, music absolutely sucks major ass. You're not gonna go anywhere in the music industry. Don't even try. I mean, when your own instruments overpower your singing voice, it's not good. 
no one wants you just I'd rather hear the instruments than hear your voice because it really is not that what they what they sing is it's not good. Now we come back to the parents' house or the Martin family house. So Cynthia is kind of bitching to Todd, her husband, about the fact that Dina's going out every single night. She's not doing the dishes. She's not cleaning her room. The simplest things I ask, she doesn't do. And Todd is still just rubbing a cloth along the inside of that beautiful wood bowl that he created. Like, honey, she's never done the dishes. What do you think of this bowl? Can I want your real constructive criticism. What do you think? Like, ugh, enough of the bowls already. Wow, um, yeah, this is their first teenager. They have another kid that eventually... When kids hit that age to be right around Dina's age of 15, your kid isn't gonna be a sweet little eight-year-old child who wants to hang on your arm all the time and tell you all their problems. I don't even have kids, but I was that teenager that hung out in my room all the time and barely went out to do anything except to just hang out in my room and watch television. So Adam from the other room shouts at his mom like, hey, can you give me a ride? I'm late for my Boy Scout meeting. Dang it, mom. Why aren't you on top of everything? Apparently you want to... We cut to the car and she's like, oh, your dad's going to a Natchee this weekend. I really thought maybe you and I could like go out to eat, take in a movie. She really stresses, I want family time with my family because I'm not getting enough of it or any of it. She's not getting anything that she wants from time with her daughter. So now she's switching to her son. I gotta say, Joanna Kearns, you rock that brown leather jacket like a boss. So Cynthia clearly knows that Dina's got a boyfriend named Garrett that she's been spending time with, and she's blaming a lot of these behavioral changes, the standoffishness of Dina, on this Garrett guy. And Adam feeds her a line that he's been has been programmed into him via his sister about what Garrett is like, even though he's not on the honor roll. I, I'm going to say that right now. We've seen him. He is just your run-of-the-mill hoodlum, I guess. This guy's got no good qualities, which we'll see later. No good qualities. But before Adam goes into detail about what this Garrett looks like, Cynthia is so ready to, like, I'm going to follow her and see what this guy looks like. Like, great, so now you're snooping and spying on your child, on your daughter. So Adam says, Mom, I know what he looks like. He's a senior. And she's like, oh, well, that would mean he's, like, what, 17? He's like, yeah. And she says, well, why doesn't he ever come to the door? And we get this line that I've heard in so many movies in the 90s. Mom, it's the 90s. No one does that anymore. No one in the 2000s movies says, Mom, it's the early aughts. No one does that anymore. <laughs> so we cut to Dina full-on face-sucking her boyfriend with the undertone of the rock music playing. We cut back to the Martin house. Cynthia decides to go downstairs. That guy has got, like, a bunch of bowls all set up in odd places a couple on a toolbox one is on a step ladder and of course he's got his goggles his wood 
working apron on, and he's got one of the bowls that he's finishing up on the machine that, like, whirls it around, and then he's got, like, a little trowel or something that he's using. It almost looks like a little, uh, a tool to, like, maybe put some, gr some edging in there or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't do woodworking, but... So, <laughs> you can definitely still the 90s, because DVDs are not out yet. It's 1996, and she's got a VHS movie that she wants to watch. Like, honey, watch a movie with me. We never do this anymore. And, of course, Todd's answer is, well, you know, Adam will be home shortly. He'll watch a movie with you. We won't. They have such a disconnected marriage. It is very, very sad. Somewhere along the way... They got caught up in parenting and their job. Well, I don't even think Cynthia has a job. I think she just stays at home and raises her kids. Or at least one of them. And the other one when she can find her. Okay, wasn't this movie shown in What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I'm going to look that up right now because I remember this scene where this guy is on a train and he jumps off and lands on the... The... I don't know... Train, the area where you would get on and off from a train, like the, the the platform, the train platform. Did he break his legs? I don't know because he's like, ah! I couldn't fucking find any connection so well. So, Cynthia is passed out on the couch. Looks like she had a bowl of ice. Okay, so Adam must have come up and watched with her because there are two empty bowls of ice cream on the coffee table and there's just a little bit of milk left in one, and then, of course, there's a little bit of wine left in another glass. So he must have come up and said, hey, I'll watch for a moment. Okay, it's getting late. I want to go to bed and go to, to sleep. Dina comes home. Of course, Cynthia wakes up from the couch like, hey, Dina, you're home. Great. Um... How was your evening? Of course, Dina takes her coat off, puts it on the banister, because apparently there's no um, coat uh, coat stands or whatever, coat hangers or whatever in this house. Just, But then again, I throw my coat on the dang couch in the family room when I come home. That's exactly what I do. And my husband's always like, that's not a closet. There's one right there. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'll put it wherever I want. Thank you. I really like what Dina's wearing here. It's a cable knit sweater with a turtleneck underneath. And is that kind of also the style for the 90s was always like the turtleneck underneath the sweater? So Cynthia says, hey, Adam was supposed to be watching this. So he wasn't? Did he just, he mustn't. Did you have a glass of milk and two bowls of ice cream and then you had some wine and passed out? Or did he just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Clearly Todd didn't want to watch it because he's on a deadline for that uh, that art fair coming up. And Dina says, Mom, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. Good night. Cynthia can't help herself and she checks Dina's coat, probably looking for drugs or something. She goes so far as to sniff her daughter's coat. Like, oh, maybe it smells like cigarettes or something. The music that underscoring the scene makes it sound like it's like a 1930s, 1940s detective film where you have the horns kind of playing that kind of ominous, like, oh my goodness. We get it. She's suspicious of what her daughter's doing when she's outside of the house. Now we cut to Adam's room. He's playing a 
game on his computer. So we get a little idea of what the sibling relationship is like. And it ain't really isn't that bad, or is it? So we find out that Adam is doing a lot of stuff for Dina, picking up her slack. Like, hey, I was hanging out with mom until she fell asleep. I lied to her about what Garrett really looks like and the kind of guy that he is. I'm going to grandma so you don't have to. And he's like, I cannot keep this up anymore. I've had more than enough. This is too much for me. And he, as he turns around to face her, you can't keep skipping school. Because she's got Adam, like, filling out absence reports for her. Like, saying, hey, Dina's gonna be sick because of, oh. She's like, oh, I can't, um, oh, just... Because apparently, of course, the school is going to get suspicious. How often is she skipping school? I think nowadays you miss one day, or you can't even really miss a day without your parents getting a phone call or an email. So here's what Dina told Adam, words to live by. Keep your grades up, and our parents will stay out of our lives, so leave us alone. So in a way, it's almost like the siblings have banded together against the parents. We got one father that's emotionally unavailable and one mother that's so damn overbearing it's stifling and suffocating. So Adam's got his own stationery set up where he can write in really nice feminine handwriting. Like, all right, let me guess, two days. And she's like, oh, make it three. I can't go tomorrow either. Like, fucking hell. Now it looks like the weekend and Cynthia is doing her mother's laundry. And Adam, of course, is over is going with her to help out. So here we are provided a smidge of a backstory as to we know that Cynthia is an alcoholic. She likes her wine. We're going to see more of that as the movie progresses. But we kind of see the root cause of her alcohol consumption. She does not have the best relationship with her mother or her sister that we'll meet later on. So I'm guessing that maybe she's being so overbearing with her own child is because maybe her mother was just maybe physically and emotionally abusive and distant. So she's be like overparenting a bit too much. You know the type of parent that like I'm not going to be like that with my kid. It's going to be different. We're going to have a great relationship. Have no secrets between us. None of them. We're going to be so close. So this is an apartment, I'm guessing, because it's a really nice area, and it's got, like, a parking meter there, too. Okay, so it is an apartment complex, gotcha. It's a nice place for a senior citizen. So, Cynthia's mother is clearly a senior citizen that has trouble getting around. So, Cynthia does her mother's laundry, she cleans her apartment for her. So, Grandma wants to know why Dina hasn't come to visit her, and Cynthia's like, well, she has her swim team, and other things, and trying out for the school play, we cut to Adam, who's kind of side-eyeing his mom, as in, okay, the lies have taken, so good. There's no way in hell is that girl trying out for the school play, my ass. She might be musically inclined when it comes to being in her boyfriend's grunge band, but that is about it. Uh, well, definitely alcoholism does run in the family as we see a giant bottle of maybe pop-off right next to the grandma who's got one of those 
It's not an orange juice class. It's a full-on pour me a glass of Coke or something because I need a tall glass. Now we find out about Cynthia's sister, Judith, who got a boyfriend at 14 and she was hardly ever home. Wow, these family patterns, they just... A lot of puzzle pieces are being connected here. So, the grandma apparently has hard feelings for her other daughter, Judith, who apparently ran off for six months, disappeared, and she's like, I still say she got an abortion! Like, oh my goodness. And Cynthia's like, well, I can't even keep Dina in the house nowadays. She won't listen to me. And, of course, Grandma has to throw in, <clears throat> excuse me, her two cents. Like, you're weak. That's your problem. You don't know how to discipline your kids. Oh, no, she said you pamper your kids have to death. pamper them. So Grandma gets up, and right behind Cynthia, who's basically folding her mother's laundry, says, get upstairs and clean your room. And she says, if that doesn't work, then a well-placed open hand. Whack! Right in front of Cynthia's face, for emphasis. Like, my God! I'm like, I don't condone physical abuse with my kids! I, I don't! And clearly Cynthia is well too familiar with that hand. It's probably been slapped across her face many times. They keep cutting back to Adam, who's like, good grief! No wonder I don't want to come and see Grandma. I understand why Dina doesn't want to either. Now we cut to Garrett's basement bedroom, and clearly he and Dina have been getting their sex on because he's shirtless, strumming his guitar. She sits up, says, hey, I gotta get home. And he's like, what for? It's not even five o'clock. She's like, well, my aunt is coming over, and sometimes she likes to bring me gifts because she's my favorite aunt. She's always been good to me. Now we come back to the Martin house where Cynthia's standing in front of Dina's mirror practicing, yelling at her daughter to get in there and clean your room. Ugh, eye roll. And she kind of scoffs at herself like, yeah, this isn't me. This, I don't talk to my child that way. Or maybe she's scoffing because she's like, mom was right. Of course I pamper my kids too much. Dina's going to see through this. It will never work. So, while Cynthia is in Dina's bedroom, she grabs the yearbook off of the dresser, flips to it, we see Dina's picture, and Dina flips a few pages back, looking for Garrett, and of course, wouldn't you know it, his picture's not there, it's been cut out. So, Cynthia's folding Dina's clothes on her bed when Dina comes in, like, what are you doing in my room? I told you I don't want you in here. And Cynthia's like, you know what? I told you we had a deal. <laughs> I would stay out of here if you kept it clean. And of course, Dina's like, but I was going to clean it today. And Cynthia tells her, it's five o'clock. It's almost dinner time. Your aunt is coming. There is no time for you to clean your room. Now Dina is going to be a little bratty bitch and it starts like ripping things out of her mother's hands. Like, hey, these are my clothes. This is my stuff. Get the hell out of my room. She becomes very, very aggressive. Like, physically aggressive with her mother, which I don't think they've ever seen. She, Cynthia's never seen her daughter like this. Like, how many kids go from talk? how many teenagers go from talking back to their parents to full-on raging out on them to the point where they're physically attacking their parent? Good gall! 
She starts throwing her clothes, pulling her bedspread off of her bed and everything, to the point where she and her mother get into a tug of war, and Cynthia ends up bonking her head on the back of the wall there, and then Dina's not finished. Apparently, I'm gonna go and throw a book across the room, and it's gonna hit that little poem about how a daughter is so lovely and... and Whatever the I can't remember what it said. That framed photo poem, it's gone. It's shattered. So she shoves her mother out of her way, runs down the stairs, grabs her jacket, and she's out the door. So before she runs outside, she goes over to where Adam is playing the piano and shuts it closed. Like, oh, you're being really stupid right now. Or real you're being real funny or whatever. And he's like and she leaves and he's like, Well, that's very stupid. You could have broke my fingers. Because was he scoring her running down those stairs with this fast-moving music? Like someone's being chased? But now we cut outside to Dina walking with her boyfriend, Garrett. I'm sorry, but this Garrett guy just looks really blech. I mean, he's got one of those... It's not so much a soul patch, it's just it covers the bottom of its chin. And it just looks really tacky as hell. And he clearly is tired of listening to Dina complain. She's like, maybe I should go back. And he's like, ugh, what for? And she's like, well, I don't want to leave my brother there alone, and my aunt will bring me a gift. So he says, hey, I got a quarter in my pocket. I'll flip it. Heads, you stay with me. Tails, you go back. And then apparently he doesn't tell her whether it was heads or tails, and says, hey, there's a place I know. It's kind of spooky. I've never taken anyone there before. That's bullshit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Now we cut back to the house where Todd is back and Cynthia is explaining kind of what went down. So, of course, Todd here is no help as he's kind of criticizing... Like, hey, she doesn't want you in there. And Cynthia says, well, I told her if she didn't clean her room, I would do it for her. And he's like, well, now that you've done that, she can't do it. Why didn't you ground her? Why didn't you take away her TV, her stereo? As he just nonchalantly just hangs up his coat in the entryway. And she looks at him point blank. He's like, if you think it's that easy, why don't you discipline our daughter? And he just looks at her and says, well, you never let me discipline our kid. As he's like, well, I'm down in the basement for the majority of the night. Bye. Now we get to the dinner with Judith is there and Cynthia is explaining why Dina isn't there. Maybe she just forgot. And Cynthia is like, well, or um, Cynthia says, yeah, she just forgot. She's got so much stuff going on. Adam's like, yeah, I mean, with swim practice and everything, maybe that ran late. So they're clearly making excuses. Judith just kind of is like, wow, that is really, that's not, I just talked to her like yesterday on the phone and she was so excited that I was coming over. That doesn't make any sense. Cynthia's clearly had her share of wine because she's already got half glass of champagne or wine or whatever going on, and she is already sloshed. She is sloshed. Because we get a look from Todd, who's got this tight-lipped irritation as he zeroes in on his wife. She's like, well, I'm not gonna worry about it. Honey, why don't you go play your piano? You're so good at it. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, she's sloshed. 
Oh, actually, before they get to that whole thing, <laughs> Cynthia's got to open her mouth. But I was over at Mom's today, and we, she and I were talking about you, and I can't believe blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Judith is like, I don't want to hear what our mother has to say about me. I don't care. Of course, Cynthia's got to throw in a dig to Judith about, oh, if you had kids, you might understand how her mother feels not seeing you. And, of course, Judith has been th spent thousands of dollars in therapy not having to worry about how her mother feels. Well, there's a smile from Dan Loria. We don't get that very often, do we? <laughs> he smiles and says, why don't we see who can go the longest without talking? And, of course, Cynthia's like, great idea, dear. Adam's like, Mom, you lost. And Todd's like, no, you lost, son. Like, uh, this this is just... So Cynthia gets up from the table, says, Adam, why don't you play that piece you've been working on? And Adam's like, what, now? Are you... I, I mean... And Cynthia's sloshed, right? She's not going to remember this shit tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, honey, will be a very forgiving audience. Judith, of course, whispers to her nephew, you don't have to if you don't want to. And Todd, of course, is like, maybe just once for your mother. You know, just make her happy. Now we get on Adam's little secret, is he is got a pint of vodka in his one of his bottom drawers. So he's got a drinking problem, too. Great. This family is fucked up majorly. They all need major therapy. <laughs> I just took a nip of that stuff, but he is on a roll on that piano. So it's funny this actor, Adam What's-His-Yap, um, has to pretend to be drunk. Like, come on, come on, one more, I'm on a roll. But there's no real, like, he's not really that drunk. He's just kind of tipsy. I mean, if he could still play the music and not slip up, then he's not that far gone. Where Cynthia's like, okay, honey, you can play another song for me, as her cardigan is starting to slip off her shoulder, and you see her um, her undershirt strap is showing, like, it clearly is emphasizing, like, mom is really fucking drunk. <laughs> so we cut to this roller coaster that I don't know if it's abandoned. It might be because he's uh, Garrett's been there before. As they all, they both climb up there and then they start making out. They probably have sex up there for all I know. Um, we cut back to the house. Dana comes home. Uh, Dad talks to her. Says, "Hey, what you been up to?" And Dana's like, "I've just been out." And he's like, "Well, your mom's upstairs. She wants to speak to you." Dina, of course, is she is she freaked? Is she really mad? And you know, Todd's just like, well, she's not mad. She just wants some reassurance that everything's all right between you two. She's had a few, so, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she'll meet, need that much nudging or convincing that everything's fine. She's watching an old movie. She may want you to finish with her, so just do that. She is really worked up over these old-ass movies. It's almost like she's searching for something that she and her husband might have had way back before they had kids. Like, oh, my husband never looks at me this way. Gosh, it's been so long. 
So, Cynthia's doing a hell of a poor job at making small talk about, oh, you were out with Garrett, huh? Dina's like, uh-huh. Yeah, he must be a hell of a guy. When are we going to meet him? Dina's like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh. And then her mom starts in about the first time that some guy stuck a, his tongue in her mouth. I didn't know why. He must be a hell of, your boyfriend must be a hell of a kisser. Uh, when a boy stuck his tongue in my mouth, I had no idea. I don't know why he wanted me to open my mouth. Like, TMI! You're trying to bond with your kid? I don't think this is the way. You're not girlfriends who... You're not close. Even if you were a close mother and daughter, no mother and daughter are gonna share intimate details of their relationship with each other. That's not how things are done. I mean, can you tell me that teenage boys share intimate details of their relationships with their parent, with their fathers? No! Hell no! I mean, that sounds like more like something you would do of, like, say you're in your 30s and your parent is in their, like, late 50s or early 60s and you're comparing notes or you're getting advice or something like that. That's not... This isn't that kind of a relationship. And that must be... Cynthia wants, craves, in fact, a relationship with her daughter that she didn't have with her mother. That's what she wants. She wants that closeness. And Dina doesn't want that with her mother. She definitely... And I gotta say, how often is Cynthia, like, drinking her, her problems away? Because it seems like only a short percentage of time that she's actually sober. Like when she drove her son to that Boy Scout meeting. She's still drinking! Is that the same amount of alcohol that she had in Denton? No, she finished that a while ago. She is still drinking! Yeah, like I said, she's asking Dina if her boyfriend is a good kisser. What the fuck? Ew! I don't even think sisters share details like that with each other. Let alone mothers and daughters. She is just really desperate to bond. Like, anything. Give me something. A scrap. Anything. I'll take it. I just want to bond with you, Dina. And and her mother's like, oh, come on, Dina. I told you about the first time a guy kissed me. But she didn't want that information. You could have kept that shit to yourself, Cynthia. She doesn't need to hear that. Hell, why don't you just top that off with the first time that you fucked her father? You can go into explicit detail of when you and your husband made Dina. When, oh my god. <laughs> Some things a child doesn't want to know from her parent, and that is one of them. Dina is just standing there like, can I go, please? Please. I don't want to be put through this anymore. She's not even, she's giving like one word responses to her mother like, take a fucking hint. I don't want to have any conversations like this with you. Or any conversations with you. That shove earlier in my bedroom should have given you plenty indication. It clearly, Cynthia does not have any form of a job. Like I said, she's a stay-at-home mom. She decides to go shopping for Dina as a way to make up for cleaning her room. And being in her daughter's private space. So she she really went all out. She's got some nice flannel long sleeve shirts. She's got some nice cream, olive, and gold colored shirts. Just a whole plethora of stuff.
Did she buy out the entire store? Because there is a lot of stuff. Well, I think she starts putting some shirts inside other shirts, you know, setting, putting together like an outfit and stuff like that. So, and of course, before Cynthia went into the house, she did pick up the mail as we see her sitting down at the dining room table and going through the mail, one of which is a letter from Dina's school, probably talking about how often Dina has been absent. So Cynthia's looking at this letter like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't even know my kid was not going to school. So Dina comes home. She heads up to a room. She sees this beautiful layout of new clothes, pants and shirts and what have you. And, of course, her mood is quickly sullied by her mother holding a letter, standing in the doorway, not looking very happy. Like, where the fuck have you been going instead of going to school? I want to play this scene because this is where the first incident of, real incident of physicality comes in. Where Dina slaps her mom right across the fucking face. Where were you last Friday? What do you mean? At last Wednesday. I was in school. Not according to this. This is crazy. I was in school. I called Mr. Pillman. He says he has three letters there with my signature on them saying that you were home sick. I was in school. Well, no. I call him right now. Why haven't I seen him tomorrow? I want to find out right Why now what's shouting going on. At me? I am not shouting. You are. you are shouting at me. I can't talk no, to you. No, you are not going anywhere until I find out what's going on. Now, don't walk away. Don't talk to me. Yep, apparently Adam has not been found out, but his letters that were supposedly written in his mother's handwriting have been because Dina missed last Friday, last Wednesday. What's going on, Dina? Why are you not in school? You should be in school. And of course, Dina gets defensive. Mom, why are you shouting at me? And Cynthia's like, I'm not shouting at you. I'm just trying to find out what is going on. And she uses, Cynthia uses her mom's tactic with a hand like, no, you are not going anywhere until I find out what's going on. Dina gets angry, tries to leave, and ends up slapping her mother across the face, not once, but twice. And then she runs up. Listen, she slaps her mom hard enough to split her lip. That is some serious, and Adam even sees this commotion going on right outside his bedroom door. Dina races out of the house. Cynthia calls after her, running out onto the porch as Dina flees across the street. And this poor guy that's just walking his dog down the sidewalk is like, what in the fuck? I'm just trying to walk my dog. And I see domestic dispute here. It isn't until Cynthia gets inside, touches her bottom lip pull, or with her finger, pulls her finger away, notices that she's bleeding. Yeah. So Dana's talking with Garrett about the situation, how she ran out and everything. She's afraid to uh, go home. Her mom's just going to drink some wine and everything. They'll both say they're sorry. And Garrett's like, well, sorry for what? Why would she apologize? I mean, you hit her. And she's like, well, that's just how my mom is. You know, I'm worried about that letter from school. Garrett, of course, he is a very disturbing guy. As He's like, well, we could always burn the school down and destroy the evidence. Like, what the fuck? What? 
So Dina reveals that, and she feels really bad as soon as it comes out of her mouth. Like, I'm going to regret saying this, but I liked it. I actually like that I hit her. She likes the shifting in power where she feels that she's got the control now and she can do whatever the heck she wants and her parents are just going to completely back down. Of course, Garrett's no help as he's feeding her these things of, oh, well, I mean, she deserved it, right? <laughs> what? We cut back to the house as Todd is cleaning up Cynthia's bloodied lip. So as Todd is helping uh, clean up Cynthia's wound, he says to her, I do not want anything physical going on in this house, any physical confrontation of any kind. And of course, Cynthia backs down right away. She's like, I, she immediately feels guilty. I shouldn't have grabbed her. Yeah, Cynthia's really feeling a lot of guilt here. She's like, I shouldn't, she didn't mean to hit me. You know, I shouldn't have grabbed her. It's my fault. And Todd stops her right there. And he's like, wait a minute, why should you have to grab her? Is that the only way to keep her from going out? And Cynthia, of course, is blaming all of this on Garrett, the boyfriend. How ever since Dina's been with this boyfriend, she's been acting out and being unresponsive. And just, she's being a teenager, but there's a fine line that is a teenager that you don't cross. And just because your parent says you can't go out does not give you the right to slap them or hit them or anything. And vice versa with the parent. As the parent, you do not have the right to hit your kid. Because you don't agree with the person that they're seeing or the way that they're acting. There is always another way to handle things. So now Cynthia and Todd kind of get into an argument about Cynthia's blaming all of this on Garrett. Like, ever since she met him, the whole the rules have been going right out the window. And Todd even says, he's like, wait, what rules? Dina never had any rules. You've been so lax about disciplining her and just letting her come and go whenever she wants. And he even said at one point, well, she says, why don't you punish her if you think it's so easy? And he comes along, he does tell her, you never let me do the disciplining. So clearly, Cynthia and Todd are not a united front when it comes to the disciplinary actions of their child. So Dina comes in and the Cynthia and Todd stop their argument and Todd goes to Dina and says, now, I'm sure you didn't do this on purpose, but when I bump into someone on the street, the least I can do is say I'm sorry. Of course, Dina apologizes. Cynthia's like, I'm sorry I grabbed you. And there's no repercussions. Todd just leaves. He probably goes down to the basement to work on his wooden bowls. I, I mean, if I were Todd, I would have said, straight out said, you do, this does not happen again. You will never lay a hand on either one of us. And I would have grounded her. I said, I would have said, I hope you enjoyed that little bit of freedom because you are indefinitely grounded. So it seems pretty much that all is forgiven between Dina and her mother as Dina sits down and just tells her mother, you know, I'm sorry I skipped school. I won't do it again. And Cynthia's like, where do you go when you skip school? And apparently this place, the avenue, I don't know what that is. A cement hole somewhere. And 
Cynthia's like, do you go there with Garrett? And Dina's like, well, no, not, I usually go there by myself. And Cynthia sits down next to Dina, takes her in her arms, and Dina, of course, apologizes, like, I'm sorry, Mom, I will never, it'll never happen again. Well, there's the first red flag, because once, she, you know, like she said, she enjoyed that having that power over her mother. So how can you really be sure that that won't happen again? We know it will happen again. So Dina tells her mom, I need your help, mom. Of course, Cynthia's like, anything for you, babe. My girl, my little baby girl. And Dina's like, mom, can you please tell the principal that you wrote those letters? Oh, come on. Come on. You knew it was going to come to this. Uh, good for you, Cynthia. Thank you. As she tells her daughter, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, she does. She says, yep, yep, I wrote those letters. Sorry, I, I forgot that I wrote them. They're in for some surprises when they see that principal. It isn't just about Dina skipping school. There is more to it than that. Okay, so it's just Cynthia at this meeting. Todd's not there. He's clearly at work. And uh, Mr. Pillman, I believe that's the principal's name, lets it slip that last month Dina had missed so many days because he normally says, I normally don't make a fuss about it, but you, she missed so many days that she actually got kicked off the swim team, which, of course, Cynthia did not know anything about. So uh, I guess she's just going to play dumb. <laughs> Apparently there's a giant flu epidemic that just ran through the house a month ago. And there she's just like, I had no energy. And the principal also remarks how Dina works hard to kind of keep her nose. She does best not to draw attention to herself. Like that she works hard at that. And he adds how sometimes that means someone has something to hide, which that's a big eye roll there. Why would you say that, sir? Does this guy also work as a guide? Or maybe he... No, he he's a guidance counselor. Okay, he's not the principal. I have no idea. Maybe he's both. So Cynthia lets loose as she and walk, uh, Dina walk down the school hallway. Like, how could you let me go in there and not know that you were kicked off the swim team? I feel like such an idiot. And then she asks, is there anything else I don't know about? Are you pregnant? She throws out the, are you pregnant? Because since Dina's got a boyfriend... She's probably having sex with him. Like, it's okay if you are. You can tell me. And Dina just looks at her mother in horror and shock. Like, no, let me go. I have a class. Because Cynthia reaches out to grab Dina's arm. And Cynthia's like, just come outside. We can talk about this. And Dina gets so irritated. Like, no, I have a class. And she uses her fingernails and really leaves marks on her mom's hand. Like, good grief, girl. But doesn't stop there, because when she gets home, now Todd is grilling Cynthia about these excuse notes and everything. And, of course, you see a a cup of wine, a glass of wine there. Like, ugh, lady, can you face anything sober? So, yeah, Todd pretty much just says, you have no backbone, you're spineless, you let her get away with whatever she wants. No means yes around here, and you twist to the point where you twist it and make things your fault. Like, uh... Hey, he's saying what... And she keeps blaming this Garrett! Which... 
there may be a small, very small percentage she might have influence on her, but not to the point where she's doing all of this. This is all Dina. Maybe Garrett's adding fuel to that fire, but it's all Dina in the end. And, of course, Todd has to throw in Cynthia's alcoholism with, or else you pour a glass of wine and forget about it. Ouch. I'm surprised she's not going to throw it back in his face. And what do you do? Escape to the basement and work on your woodworking hobbies. Yep, she does, and he's got no answer for that. <laughs> so Todd decides, like, starting tonight, I'm laying down the law. I'm doing what you should have been doing. So Garrett is encouraging Dina to still, you know, hang out with him for longer that evening. She said, no, I gotta go. My parents, they're expecting me home. After I messed up with the swim team and all those absences, I kind of gotta try to make good. As soon as she gets in the door, her dad is on her, on her case. Well, I can't really say on her case. I mean, she does deserve to get uh, a major talking to. Oh, yeah, there, he's going to bring Adam into this, too. Little old uh, drunkard Adam upstairs who's sipping off that uh, the vodka up there. And she's like, I have to go to the bathroom first. And Todd looks like he does not want to, like, ugh, fine, go. Or more like, what are you going to do as you say you're going to the quote-unquote bathroom? Sounds like you're up to no good. So Dina heads upstairs and Adam is like, he pops his head out of his door and says, Hey, way to go. Now you got us both in trouble. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're making lists now of what we're supposed to be doing when we get home. How could you be so stupid? And he, he, he tells her, it's like, yeah, skipping school was stupid. Hitting mom was stupid. Well, at least she admits she did do it, although in her eyes she didn't do it on purpose. She says, hey, it was an accident. You should get your eyes checked because he's like, well, I saw you hit her. And then she's like, you need to do something about your breath, little brother, because I can smell you from a mile away and you smell like a fucking brewery. One squirt of banaka, kid, you think that's going to clear up that uh, that vodka mouth? Derek's got, or not Derek, Garrett has some fucking balls because he is right outside Dina's window as she gets into her room. And he's like, I told you I was going to come inside. She's like, you are going to get me into trouble. Knock, knock, knock. Who's at the door? Dad wants to know, why the fuck aren't you downstairs so we can have a family meeting? Apparently, Adam's been regulated to giving, uh, Cynthia a massage, massaging her, the stress out of her shoulders. Oh, boy. So Todd starts the meeting. Uh, Dina has, she ain't getting no fucks. She's like, I'm going to lean right here against the doorway, the door frame. And Cynthia turns like, will you please sit down? And Dina's like, why? I can listen to him right here. And Cynthia's like, I'd rather you sit. This is a family meeting. We all need to be. And, and Todd kind of uh, interjects with, I don't give a fuck if she's laying on the floor. She can hear me just fine. So Todd starts out with asking Dina, where have you been going? Apparently the avenue, he doesn't know what that is. He asks her, what are you doing there? And she starts to explain, but he's like, no, that, don't, I don't, you know what? I don't even think you'd be telling me the truth anyway. So he's like, from now on, you're coming home straight after school. And here's a list of all the things you get to do while you're at home. It's simple stuff. You know, clean your room, throw out the garbage, do your homework. Typical stuff she should be doing anyway. 
So Todd says, no, I want you to read that list. Don't just skim it. And if you miss anything on those lists, first thing goes, your stereo, your TV. Third time, it's going to be your phone. We finally see some Jack Arnold coming in to Todd. He is no longer the sleeping bear. He is not the hibernating bear that he was at the beginning. He is getting shit done because his wife is not. And what he's asking for is, like I said, that is not difficult. That is probably typical of what parents put in place for their kids. As in, you're not just going to come home and just relax and do nothing. You are going to be doing stuff when you get home. It's not going to be vegging out in front of the television. It's not going to be on your phone or your what have you. You're going to be doing stuff. Cleaning your room. Homework. Stuff you would be... Supposed to be doing regardless. Cynthia, oh my gosh, she just keeps pounding back that, that glass of wine. And, and Todd's like, do I make myself clear? Do you have any questions on any of this? And Dina and Adam and even Cynthia all shake their heads no. Like, everything's, yeah. Well, <laughs> clearly Cynthia's relinquished her control because, like I said, she's not doing anything to help the situation. Wow, Dina definitely has some balls because she's fucking her boyfriend right in her bedroom with her parents probably a door or two down. As the camera gets a close-up shot of Dina's swim team photo. So is this basically like, oh, when Dina was prim and proper and such a nice girl and now she's banging her boyfriend in her bedroom. I can only hope she thought to lock her door. When I saw this on TV, it was on Fox. This is really, it's pretty risque. I mean, even 90210, which I think was still on the air at the time, were they this risque that were showing people actually having sex in bed? Because that's what she's doing with her boyfriend, and that's what they're showing. Him on top of her, them under the covers, no clothes. You don't see any private parts of any kind, but still. It doesn't leave much the uh, imagination of what they're doing. God, I hope she locks her door because her mother is coming right up those stairs. So, Todd is really stepping up his game here. He is calling the school. Dina made all of her classes. He was able to get all of her missing assignments so that way he can get her back on track. As Cynthia's outside, it's... This has got to be springtime then? Because she's sweeping the porch off. He even found out stuff about Garrett, and Cynthia's like, great, well, you can talk to her about it when she gets home. And Todd is surprised. He's surprised. He's like, she's not home yet? Cynthia turns and looks at him like, are you a fucking idiot? Did you think that this she was going to just change magically overnight because you gave her a list of stuff to do? So Todd's like, did she call? And Cynthia's like, no, but I can guarantee you I know who she's with. As in, it's almost like she's still saying it's Garrett's fault. He is the one who is making Dina become who she is. You're always saying, don't upset mom. I thought if I told her the truth, she'd be upset. So, Todd decides to have it out with Adam. He goes for more information about Garrett. And Adam's like, well, you're always saying, don't upset mom. I thought if I told her the truth, she'd be upset about who Derek, or, why do I say Derek? There's no Derek in this movie. 
Am I thinking Garrett Taylor? We learn just how bad a uh, <laughs> guy Garrett is because he's in suspension for hitting a teacher. This guy's got anger. We've seen just like, hey, let's go blow up the school. And, oh, your mom deserved the fact that you hit her. And said, like, what? This kid's got issues. Dina needs to get away from that. And Todd even tells Adam, like, he's on suspension for hitting a teacher. That is something your mother and I should have known. Yeah, uh, Todd is really getting into, um... Adam shit here, but are you, he's, he's looking at his son like, are you lying to me now? And you're sure you don't know where your sister is? Like, he is really like, I can't trust any of my kids. I mean, if one kid's lying to me, the other one's got to too, because he's covering for her. Is this a club that they're at? I guess they had a gig? They got uh, Dina on the tambourine. Apparently they decided to eat out as there's a delivery boy there with some food. Todd's on the phone trying to find Garrett's number so he can find Dina. So Todd's thinking, he's sitting at the table like, who else can I call? And Cynthia's like, how about her friend, uh, what the fuck's her name, Donna something or other? Yeah, that's gonna really fucking help. Luckily, the phone rings and I believe it's Dina. And boy, has Todd got a lot of words for her. So he's like, where are you? She's like, oh, I'm doing homework at a coffee shop somewhere. And he's like, well, I told you you're supposed to come home after school. And she's like, are you sure? Because I have this list here. And it says I'm supposed to do my homework after school. You know, I'm, I'm just going by the list that you made, Dad. You're, And I understand, you know, you're very specific. And he's like, yeah, specific that I wanted you at home and doing your homework. She's calling from a payphone somewhere. So she drops a name, Elaine something or other. Like, are you at Elaine's house? Because she's like, I'm with Elaine, we're studying. So he, Todd backs down from her. He's like, well, how soon can you be home? And she's like, uh, 11? And he's like, uh, well, that's no good. How about 10.30? She's like, 10.30's great. It's a school night. Seriously, 10.30? No! I don't give a shit. She's 15. She does not need to be staying out till 10.30 at night. I'm not even a parent, and I would say definitely not staying out till 10.30. And you wouldn't be going out, period, during the school week. Oh, of course, she adds a little little uh, cherry on the Sunday with, I love you. And of course, he's like, eh, I love you, too. We surely have not said that to each other in a long, long time, because they're very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Todd gets off the phone like, well, she's at Elaine's house. Cynthia grabs the phone out of his hand here. Let me d d d d call up Elaine here, and I'm going to prove that you're, that Dina's full of shit. And she just pretty much uh, pulled the wool over your eyes. So it doesn't matter that Dina thinks she's, oh, i got to build a brownie points. Let's go get home, get me home early, like at 10 instead of 10.30. That ain't going to matter. You caught your line, little girl. You could have come home at 9.45 and they still would have reamed your ass. So both Todd and Cynthia are following Dina as she walks up the stairs. And Todd's like, we're not calling you a liar. We just want to see that you did the work that you said that you did. And she's all making a scoop, like, I'm tired. I'll show you tomorrow. And Todd's all like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you're done. I just want to see that you did the work. Which is not an unwarranted request. He is full within his parental rights to see the work that she's done. 
And he's like, she, she tells him, like, what, you don't trust me? And Todd looks at her like, do you deserve to be trusted after all that you've put us through? And she's like, just say it. You don't trust me. And he's like, fine, we don't trust you. Cynthia's <laughs> cut into the chase, like, just show us the work and we'll let you go to bed. We're tired, too, of having this conversation with you, of having to deal with this bullshit that you're putting us through. No, Dina's all like, Ma, why are you yelling at me? You're always yelling at me. And Cynthia's like, I'm not yelling at you. And Todd is like, just let me see the work as he grabs her bag. Ugh. Because now, after she's hit her mother, now she's going to hit her father. What is she, like, using her bag as a battering ram and, like, slapping her dad with, like, swinging her bag around? And... She is, like, slamming the door on her father's hands. His, his fingers are in the damn door frame, and she is repeatedly slamming. And you can see his fingers are bloody. She probably broke his fucking hand. And his fingers. He needs those to do his woodworking things down in the basement. He needs to make his bowls. So, we're down in the kitchen as Cynthia is getting some ice for Todd's fingers, screaming to Adam, get down here, get down here now! As poor Adam is, like, in a closet, just rocking back and forth, like, ah, oh my god, my sister! Cynthia, just get the, he's like, just get the car started, dear! Don't worry about Adam! I need to get in the emergency room to save my fingers! Of course, Dina's upstairs having a conniption, like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to! It's like, Oh my goodness. Well, you, you may not have quote-unquote meant to, but my goodness. Hey, it's one of those clear 90s phones where you can see all the inner workings. I never had a phone like that. It's Oh, I see the clock is like quarter to 11. So Dina runs out to this abandoned roller coaster as Garrett's following her. Like, oh my god, you're crazy, you're gonna kill yourself. Ah, like, ugh. So now apparently Dina wants to commit suicide here? What in the fuck? And this leads Garrett to tell her about his mother is, like, obsessed with the devil and has mirrors all over her house? Or something to that effect? Or thinks that Garrett's father is the devil? I don't know. She's like, oh, it's just too intense. My parents are crazy. Your parents are crazy. Girl, you are fucking crazy. Is who's the crazy one. You're slapping your mom. You're breaking your father's fingers. You are the nutso. Not them. <laughs> She's like, maybe it's me that's crazy. Maybe I have too many violent hormones in me. Okay, kids go through puberty all the time. I'm sure violent. There's, like I said, there's a line. You might get angry with your parents. But there's a fine line that you never cross, and that is striking out at your parent. Yes, that was right. He says, you know why my mom's got mirrors hanging all over her house? Because she thinks my dad is the devil. Oh my god. Your mother needs some serious psychiatric help. Counseling, something. You need counseling. All of you need counseling. This is just some weird shit. Garrett is so far out of left field. It's fucking crazy. He actually admits to having wanted to kill his mother and using a baseball bat. And he's like, no, but I thought of something better. And Dina's like, a shotgun? I'm like, 
What in the fuck? No, apparently he plans to, like, take just take off and go to, like, someplace. So, Garrett's goal is to hitch to California, sell a few songs. God, your music fucking blows. No one's buying your shit. And then he wants to go down to Austin, Texas. And Dina's looking at Garrett like he's grown a third, a second head. She's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, because I thought you'd want to come with me. Tina, your life is already fucked up too much. You really, you need to, like, get the fuck away from Garrett. He is bad news. I agree with your parents 100%. So Dina's like, oh, I'm ready. I'll go right now. And he's like, no, we gotta wait till the weather gets warm. And that way we can hitch. Otherwise, you're gonna be thumbing for a ride with an icicle hanging off your thumb. Now we go to the emergency room. Of course, they gotta come up with a lie. They can't say, well, my daughter, like, broke my hand in the door when she slammed the door on my hand. No, Todd says, uh, a bookcase fell on my hand. So, she has Todd try to open his fingers as far as he can. He really can't do too much. She says, I, the doctor says, I'll get you an x-ray. I'll get that order going. And she leaves. And Cynthia's like, why don't you tell her, you know, about the bruise on your hand? And he's like, I don't care about the bruise. I just want to find out if my fingers are broken. Because his woodworking is making his bowls. That's how he does his hobby, his thing. The fuck? The cops have to wrestle this guy who's, I don't know if he's on something or if he's just very violent. But we cut back to Cynthia, Todd, and Adam, who are just like, good grief, doesn't that kind of make you think of Dina? With her violent outbursts? Of course, <laughs> Cynthia's watching this, and she's like, we have to get her tested for drugs. Drugs aren't the problem. Get, get, I, I, I'm full on board with what Cynthia's saying. It's Garrett. It's 100% Garrett. He is feeding these negative thoughts um, projecting his anger towards his mother onto Dina, who is thus taking out her anger on her parents. So, and Todd's on board with the drug testing. Like, we can do it right here in the hospital. And Cynthia's like, well, whatever we do, we have to get this done fast before it happens again. And Todd's like, it's not gonna happen again. And Cynthia just is almost rolling her eyes, like, how are you going to stop this? And he just looks at her like, Oh, I'll I'll stop it. It's not happening again. And Cynthia's like, well, we can't start hitting her back or we'll all end up in the hospital. No, what you can do is have her arrested. And Todd even says, I'll call the police. And Adam's like, the police? What are they going to do? And Todd's like, well, there's no way that she's going to hit a cop. And Todd's like, she's also not going to see this kid Garrett that is out and over and done with. So now, with a broken hand... They're looking at all of Dina's work, which is mainly all Fs and incompletes. And Cynthia's going through her drawer. She found a bag of pots. And she's like, look at this. 15 years old. Can you believe it? Of course, they're like, yeah, well, we smoked in college. Yeah, but you weren't 15. So Cynthia hears footsteps. And she goes, she goes out of the room, goes to turn off the light. And Todd turns it back on, like, no, let her see us in her room. I don't care anymore. And he says, I'll call the police. Cynthia's worried that the neighbors are going to see all of this shit go down. Like, well, then let them. Who gives a shit? So Dina comes into the room. Todd holds his hand up and says, how am I supposed to work now? 
And then he also asks about the homework. She's like, I didn't do it. Oh, and he holds up the bag of pot. How long has this been going on? She's like, oh, well, it's not mine. The classic, it's not mine. Yeah. And he's like, your homework? She's like, I didn't do it. And he's like, so you lied then. Great. So Todd says, you are not going to see Garrett anymore. You're losing your phone, TV, and stereo privileges. And indefinitely, you are grounded. You are not going anywhere this weekend until every single one of those homework assignments is finished. I want to play this little clip here as she's like, oh, it's Saturday. And he's like, good. It will give you the weekend to finish it. And here he adds, if you ever hit lay a hand on either one of us again, God help me for what I'll do to you. And I want to play this clip because she turns the table on him so fast. She's like, basically, I got another ace up my sleeve you don't see coming. Tomorrow's Saturday. <coughs> then you'll have the weekend to finish it. Raise your hand, anyone in this family again. I'll call the police. The police? Yes. What are they going to do? I hope you'll never have to find out. I could just tell them it was self-defense. Self-defense against what? I could say you tried to attack me. Maybe even tried to rape me. Todd! Who do you think they believe? So, yeah, Todd says, you try to hit anyone ever in this family again, I will call the police. And Dan's like, the police, what are they going to do? Exactly. And Dina just pulls the rug out from under Todd and says, well, you know what? I'll just tell the police it was self-defense that you tried to attack me. Maybe even tried to rape me. And Todd jumps up from the bed like he is ready to freaking throw down with her and Dina of course backs away like oh one step too far You're like yeah you did you should have kept your damn mouth shut because it's almost like she is definitely looking for the upper hand like she already hit one parent and she broke another her father's hand now it's like you guys are pretty much powerless. You call the cops, I'm going to say it's self-defense. I'm a teenager. Who do you think they're going to believe? They're going to believe the kid. And judging by Todd's broken hand, she'll probably be like, oh, he got that while he was trying to attack me. I had to defend myself. He was trying to break into my room and do something inappropriate to me or something like that. So now we're in Cynthia and Todd's room where... She is so freaked. She is putting a chair up against the door and saying, I can't believe I am afraid to go to sleep in my own house. She puts a simple wooden chair that would probably be somewhere at the dining room table. And then she puts what looks like a jewelry box on top of that seat cushion. What is that going to do? Doesn't your bedroom door have a lock on it? Why does she have the cover off of the jewelry jewelry box? So, and Todd's mystified. Like, I can't believe she thinks she would say something like that to the police. And Cynthia's like, I don't know what she'd do. And I can't believe I'm afraid to go to sleep in my own house. Todd's still got that baggie of marijuana. I'd be like, light up, buddy. Maybe that'll help with the pain of your hand. Because he's going to be in agony. Unless the doctor prescribes some painkillers of sorts. 
Todd still thinks that maybe that Dina is on drugs, that whatever she's taking is stronger than what's this little bag of marijuana. <laughs> well, I guess the only good thing we could say that comes out of this here is the fact that Todd and Cynthia are getting some type of, uh, I don't know if you want to call it really so much a bonding, but um, a closeness. You know, he feels a protectiveness over his wife and everything as he puts a protective hand on her shoulder and kisses her on the side of the head. Like, I'm here, dear, don't worry, I'll protect you. You're my wife, I love you. We are united in this now. So we cut to a shot of the door and Dina's hand reaching out to the doorknob. You almost think, oh, she's going to try to get into her parents' bedroom. No, she's in Adam's room. And he, of course, is at the computer with his headphones on. So he is unaware that his sister is even in the room. So she's got another job for Adam to do. Deliver a letter to Garrett. She's like, He's like, why can't you do it? And she's like, I'm grounded. I can't go out. Can't even use the phone. And he's... Adam's like, I need you to stop acting crazy, because things are getting really bad, and you could probably end up in jail. So she tells Adam that she's leaving, she's going to California with Garrett, and Adam's all like, you can't do that, you can't leave me here with them. And <laughs> Dina's like, why not? Mom hates me, and Dad never wanted me in the first place, and Adam's like, well, they never wanted me either. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what these kids think their parents didn't want them? Oh my goodness. Well, I don't know. Hey, your dad was going to let you go to a Natchee with him to that uh, art fair woodworking convention shit. You can't say he doesn't love you, kid. Poor Adam's stuck there. And she's like, please, will you just take the letter to Garrett? And Adam's like, give me one good reason why I should. So Adam does give the letter and Garrett's just kind of standing there like, what? And Adam's like, well, she said if I delivered this, you'd give me a joint or a uh, weed or something. Well, Garrett was right about one thing. There definitely had mirrors all outside his mother's house. So we don't see if he actually does that because it cuts away to Dina in her room working on her homework. So Dina is completely icing her mother out, who decides to give Dina a snack break with a bowl of popcorn. She's like, hey, you want to watch a movie with me later? Nope. You need any help with your homework? Nope. Do you want me to leave now? Sure. Can you? <laughs> okay, Cynthia, I think you need to go. Your daughter clearly does not want to have anything to do with you right now. Okay, just... She's icing you out. She's not happy with you. I would leave before she gets up and strikes at your face again. So Todd is taking pictures of these bowls that he's made. He's still got his hand bandaged up. Cynthia's come down with the popcorn, says, hey, she's been up there all day. Maybe we can give her one of her privileges back, like her phone, her stereo, or, or, or something. Cynthia's like, are you... Don't you think we've been a little hard on her? And Todd just looks at her like, Look at my hand. It's broken. Tell that to my broken fingers that we were too hard on her. Like, just go away. Damn. Cynthia is ready to cave and throw in the towel. Like, I want my daughter to talk to me. So, yeah, Cynthia's like, Can we give her back her stereo? And Todd is like, No, I'm not caving. When she gets her work done and not before, that's when she gets her stereo. We need to stick together as a united front. 
straight to the liquor cabinet goes Cynthia, like, I need some booze, cause, ugh. Todd caves! He's like, well, I don't want my wife to drink and think that this is a way to solve her problem. Honey, if you want to give her back her cereal, go for it. I'm, whatever. Cynthia's like, no, honey, you said no. And he's like, well, no, I mean, she has been doing the work, so let's give her back some, you know, show some positive reinforcement. Yeah, Dina made it out of the house, so it looks like eventually we are going to be coming up on where the beginning of the movie, the scene that opened the movie. So apparently Garrett's not outside. She gave the letter to Adam to give to him, so where is he? So she goes to the one place she knows she'll find him, which is that abandoned roller coaster. Garrett shows up with a black eye. He's all worked up. Some piece of shit that his mother brought home was beating on him, and... The guy was beating on his mother, so Garrett did the honorable thing of trying to jump in and break it up. And apparently, the next thing he knows, both his mom and the guy she brought home are beating the shit out of him. So he's like, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Going to California tonight. And she's like, tonight? And he's like, yeah. She's like, alright, give me 20 minutes. I'll get my shit. Of course, when she comes home, parents are up. And they're not happy that she snuck out. That was not part of the deal, Dina. Dad was waiting up. He's sitting there right at the foot of the stairs. Where the fuck you been, girl? He's like, do I have to lock you in your room? And she says, I just went out for a walk. And he's like, at 2 a.m., you went out for a walk. So Cynthia's coming down. She's putting her robe on like, you went out for a walk when you're grounded. She's like, but I've been up in my room all day. And Todd's like, you haven't been up in your room all day, but you will be because I'll nail the fucking door shut. Cynthia's like, you're not leaving this house till we get you to a doctor. So they definitely want to do that drug test on her. And so Adam comes down to see what's going on. Shit is going to escalate like no tomorrow. So Todd is kind of backing Dina into a corner. And she grabs her weapon of choice, which is a landline phone, which she picks up, starts swinging the phone around by the cord as a weapon. And it ends up hitting her mother in the face. Oh no, <laughs> the way she's swinging that thing, she ended up breaking that mirror. Well, there's seven years bad luck. And this is where I, I played in the beginning of the movie, just how bad that, that dialogue is. Like, get away from me! Get away! They're like, put the phone down! Put the phone down, Dina! Cynthia, why the hell would you approach someone who is swinging a damn phone? Seriously? That is begging to get hit in the face, which you did get hit in the face. So Dina tries to escape. She has to unlock the door, and Todd grabs her, says, you're not going out there to meet Garrett. She goes and grabs a knife. <sighs> Damn, she really hit Cynthia with that phone. Cynthia's bleeding from the head. And Adam's screaming at Dina, like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Put down that knife. So apparently he must have called the cops because we hear the sirens in the background as Dina runs up to the her bedroom with the knife in hand. There are four cop cars outside her window! Holy shit! And there's Garrett hanging out with the neighbors watching all this shit go down. So we hear Todd talking on the porch to a cop saying, I don't know what we're gonna do. We tried everything. We see a lady cop coming in. Oh no, he's actually inside the house talking to a cop. And like, uh, she hit her mother. So Todd just thinks it's so simple. Look, just get the knife away from her. Calm her down. We'll take it from there. Uh, no, she assaulted you with a weapon. We are going to take her in. Yeah, they got her. They got her. They got her in cuffs. <laughs> Todd's like, that's it. We're taking you to the hospital. And the cop is like, uh, no, you're not. Because she's coming with us to the police station. 
And the cop's like, well, she's under arrest. And Todd's like, for what? And the cop's like, for assault. She, she's going to jail. And Todd's like, no, no, that's not what we want. It's like, you guys don't really get to choose how this works out. Oh, Todd and Cynthia are like, well, wait, we didn't ask for this. We didn't call the police. Adam called the police. Because something had to be done. And Todd's like, I didn't say that you should... And Adam's like, you said at the hospital that you would call the cops. And I did that. Like, eh. So the cop's like, here, here's a piece of paper. You can see your daughter in the morning as the other cop takes Dina out to the cop car in handcuffs. A neighbor knows he has neighbors like, oh my god, Todd, what's going on? Like, oh, don't worry, it's a mistake, don't worry. Of course, right before they put Dina into the cop car, she sees Garrett across the street. So we see Dina walking down the corridor to what looks like a bathroom to change into her uh, jail garb, whatever that's supposed to be. This girl is skin and bone as that woman, uh, uh, lady is having her put on her jail stuff, wardrobe. So Cynthia's already doing her thing. She, she's getting dirty. Like, I'm ready. I'm going down there. And Todd's like, what are you doing? We were told we could go there at seven in the morning. And Cynthia's like, no, no, I'm not having my baby girl spend a night in jail. And Cynthia's like, you know the kind of kids they have down there. And Todd's like, yeah, kids like Garrett. And that is exactly who she's going to run to if we bring her home. So now we cut back to Dina, who is dressed in her prison jail outfit. Apparently she had to take a drug test, which, no surprise there. They start asking her questions. Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Are you taking drugs? She just wants to call her parents. She called Garrett! Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I thought she was calling her parents! Well, he can pick up that collect call. Gosh, remember collect calls back in the 90s? I used to do that until I was told to stop. So she tells Garrett that she went home. She was going to meet him. Her and her parents got in a big fight. She's like, I pulled out a knife. And he's like, a knife? Oh my god. Like, I might be weird and crazy, have crazy, you know, mother and stuff like that, but a fucking knife, that's farther than I would go. So he's like, well, what happens now? She's like, I don't know. I have a court date and I just want to go home. And he's like, I'll break you out of there if I have to. Like, fuck off, Garrett. Yeah, he's like, I love you. Go to sleep with that in your head. She's like, I love you too. So Dina's put in a cell in the dark with a little bit of light shining through. And we see that she pulls out Garrett's yearbook photo. So we're at City Hall now. So the court lady basically tells Dina's parents and Adam that you don't have any way that you can drop the charges. She came at you with a knife. She assaulted you. And Cynthia's making excuses like, oh, but she wasn't going to use it. And the court lady's like, well, she hit you with a phone. So Todd is like, hey, look, just give us our daughter back. We'll get her the help she needs. We know she's got problems. And Cynthia's like, oh, we know she's on drugs. She's clearly on cocaine. Cocaine makes you act that way? I don't know. And the court lady says there were no drugs in her system. And... The court lady says, what I see here is a pattern of physical abuse. That is a crime. So Cynthia can't believe that. Like, physical abuse? What are you talking about? We're her parents. 
So this lady, the way she says that she sees this, and normally in, and this is the writing of the writers that wrote this movie. She says we saw it more in immigrant families where the parents don't understand the language and the kids have the power. I don't know if there's truth to that or not, but this just seems like a poor fucking example. But it's just doing her job here saying it just seems like that tends to happen when the roles are reversed. And Cynthia's like, we're good parents. We just want our child to come home. We are a good family. Well, you are a family that needs some severe counseling to work through your issues so you can move forward. So the court lady basically tells the family that Dina needs to be held accountable for her actions. And I know it's really hard letting the victims, you know, prosecute the guilty, but we need your help in this. All right, now we get a shot of Dina... Who's, oh, she's in a detention center is where she's at. And she's talking to her lawyer. So, Dina's lawyer says that she may have to remain there for four to six weeks, which is what the judge is going to rule on. Dina's like, I'm not like these other girls. I just want to go home to my family. And her lawyer's honest with her. Like, I don't think the judge is going to allow that. And Dina's like, why? I didn't do anything. And the, her lawyer says, you attacked your parents with a weapon. That is a felony. Oh, no, he doesn't say it's a felony. He says the system is set up to protect the victim, not the aggressor. So the judge tells Dina that I that you assaulted your parents with a weapon, that it's a very serious charge. I don't feel it would be in the best your best interest if you went back to your family and then Todd kind of interjects with, Your Honor, can I say something? I don't think it was Dina's intent to hit her mother with the telephone. And the judge kind of cuts him off there. Like, I, I don't want to hear about that right now. So basically what's going to happen is Dina's aunt Judith is going to come in as someone outside of the family, well, outside of the family unit in a way that Dina can stay with until they work through everything. So, yep, she's going to... Go stay with her aunt if her probation here uh, officer feels that that's right. She's also going to start counseling, which definitely the whole family needs counseling. And the judge is like, if it's in my power, I'd have the whole family in counseling, but I can't do that. And I'm like, why? Why can't you do that? So he also says the only way you're going to see your daughter is with an approved therapist, approved or a therapist in the company of a therapist approved by this court. So now we go to Judith's house where she's there with Dina and they're both petting Aunt Judith's dog. And Aunt Judith says how their mother hit her. And I think that Cynthia was trying to go in the other direction, being more of a friend and not wanting her daughter to go through what she went through. Now, I like that Dina has an aunt that she can confide in and ask these questions of, where does this anger come from? Why did I grab that knife? And her aunt just like, I don't know, sweetie. I, I don't know. So Dina's like, what was my mom like when you guys were growing up? And uh, Judith is like, well, we were very different. I remember her favorite book was Lives of the Saints. I roll. Phone rings. Two guesses who that could be. It's Cynthia calling to speak to Dina. I don't think they want you even talking to her on the phone. Zero contact. No contact. So Cynthia calls, says, hey, Dina, how you doing? I've been thinking about you all day. I'm currently looking at the family photo albums, uh, pictures of you. 
and I'm drinking wine, so I'm really drunk right now. Not that you need to know that, but you can probably tell by the sound of my voice. So, Cynthia just wants to know what she did wrong. Like, I thought we were best friends, and I just wanted to be the best mother out there for you. And just, my mother hit me all the time, I didn't want that for you. And Dina is just like, Mom, I gotta go. I don't know. I, I can't answer these questions you have. She is really... I'm not, she's not pathetic. She's not pathetic. But the... She, well, they're saying you're the only one I have to talk to. That is your problem. Cynthia, you need to find some friends your own age. You are putting so much immense pressure onto Dina. That is not healthy. You need to have friends your own age, and she needs to, but she also needs to respect you as a mother, and the only way that she can really do that is if you lay down the law and you be a mother. A girl needs a mother, not a best friend. She's got friends. We don't see them, but she has them. But isn't that the thing that they say? Your, parent, your kid does not need you to be their best friend? Usually, doesn't that happen when you're, like, you're in your 30s and your parent is, like, in their, like, 50s or 60s? That comes later. So, not getting the response she wants, Cynthia's like, <laughs> I'm sorry I called. Hangs up the phone, like, ugh, crying out loud. Todd, you need to be monitoring. Get all that alcohol out of the house. You don't need... 50 plus bottles of wine in that house at any given time? You really don't. So Cynthia hangs up. Dina's like, what the fuck? And then she has the nerve to call back again. And her sister's like, oh, oh, no. Cynthia's like, oh, can I speak to Dina? I just want to call and say goodnight to her. And her sister looks at Dina, who's bawling her eyes out and so you know what she can't come to the phone and Cynthia's like put her on the phone right now and Judith is like fuck you bye hangs up on her like ugh I did not sign up for this so Dina's back to hanging out with Garrett and he's like so six weeks until your court hearing huh and uh it's just being a, a, a drag for him apparently he's not all that thrilled about it and she's like hey what did you tell me six weeks I can survive anything or whatever. Now we cut back to what the hell's going on with Adam? We know he drinks. We know that fucking Cynthia's drunk as fuck. Yeah, he's swigging from that old, that same uh, vodka bottle. You hear Todd and Cynthia in the background fighting. She wants to take some clothes over to Dina. Todd says we can't do that. We're not allowed to see her right now. And Cynthia fights back with, no, no one's gonna say I can't see my daughter. So Cynthia's like, I don't want to see a psychiatrist. Dina's gonna turn it all around saying I drink too much and that you tried to rape her and so on and so forth. And she's like, she'll turn everything around and we'll be the misguided parents and she'll be the victim. And Tom grabs her, like, trying to shake her, like, that's exactly what the attorney said. That's why we don't go see her. Basically, he ends this with, she, Dina, has all the power right now. She is holding all the cards. We do what the attorney says. So, Dina is talking with Adam. Another snowy day, snowy day there. And he's just saying it really sucks at home right now. They're fighting even more than they were before. Before, they weren't even talking to each other. Now they're fighting nonstop, and it's all about you. So, she tells... Uh, pfft, 
Uh, Adam, you shouldn't have called the police. He's like, well, you shouldn't have pulled the knife. Mom's drinking every day. Dad's screaming at her. It's a fucking nut house. And she's like, well, I can't do anything about it. And Adam's like, yeah, you can. You can take me with you. Please get me out of this house. He's like, you can take me with you to California. And she's like, no, I can't. You're too young. Besides, when I'm gone, everything will be fine. Well, clearly you're not in the house and it's not fine. And not to mention, he's 13 years old. That would be kidnapping. I don't give a shit if he's your brother. That would be kidnapping. So Adam threatens, if you don't take me with you, I'll go on my own. So now we're back at Grand Grand's house because uh, Cynthia's cleaning her house for her. Because why wouldn't she be? She's a slave to her mother. Damn, her mother does not like Judith. Like, get her away from Judith. Bring her here. I'll straighten her out right a fucking way. I'll knock some sense into her. And Cynthia's like, no, I have my own way. As she continues to wipe the same spot on this window. And her mother's like, well, your way is pathetic. Look what you've done to her. You've ruined her. Damn it, Cynthia. Talk back to your mother and get a fucking backbone. As she cheerfully says to her mother... Look what you've done to me. And look what you've done to Judith. No wonder we're so messed up. Well, I bet this is going to earn a slap from her mother. Yep, I called that in a fucking hurry. And her mother just walks away, goes and sits down, pours herself another bottle of the liquor, and watches another fucking game show. Oh, we got a shot of the Scotch 12. Don't know what that is. Malt something whiskey. She's getting drunk. Hanging out in Dina's room with a whiskey. Stroking some soft toy bunny that Dina probably snuggled when she was a little girl. And she's now she's down in the kitchen like, you know what? I'm going to make that deep dish pizza, pizza that I know that Dina loves. And I'm going to take it to her. Todd's down in the basement on his mini laptop working on stuff. And he hears a commotion from upstairs like, fucking hell. What the hell is she doing now? She is a damn mess. She is a, Cynthia is a fucking mess. She is putting every damn topping on under the sun on that fucking pizza. That's going to look like shit when it comes out. He doesn't say anything. He just caps her whiskey bottle and walks away with it. Like, you've had enough, darling. You've had enough. This thing is literally, like, two inches, three inches high, filled with... She's piled so much mozzarella on that pizza. That is just going to be a fucking mess. Probably going to taste like shit when it comes out. More like definitely. Oh, did she hit anybody on the way over? Because you know she's fucking sloshed. And she drives over to her sister's house with that nasty ass pizza. But the thing that she carries, that pizza tray, looks like there's nothing in it. There probably is. Oh my god. How is she able to even walk straight? She can barely stand on that doorstep as Judith Otham opens the door and Cynthia's like, well, I made pizza and I made one for Dina. Can I bring it in here? Like, Dina's asleep. Can I bring it into her, please? <laughs> she, oh, Joanna Kearns, I gotta say, you play a good drunk. You really do play good sloshed. So she peels back the tinfoil on the pizza pie and like, oh, honey, look, I made your favorite pizza. It looks like shit. Dina is not impressed. <laughs> like, you make this while you're drinking, Mom? 
because it looks like utter garbage. And I'm sure it's cold. It's cold outside, so of course it's going to be cold. And she puts an arm around Dina so that way she can pull her head into her, kisses her forehead, and Dina is just like, Mom, you're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? Ah, also, Cynthia, damn, you're an aggressive drunk. You're just like your mother. As Judith is watching all of this, and just like, you're just like our mother. You, ugh. She's like, I drove all the way over here while it was still hot. Can't you at least say thank you? And she just looks at Dina with this, her teeth are just set in this, ugh. Don't you appreciate anything I do for you? And she got one hand on that pan of pizza. Lower, and it just slides right off that pan onto the floor. Like, fucking, just get out of here! I want, I want you to think, you need to go. Get the fuck out of my house. Come back when you're sober. So Cynthia tries to pick up this fallen pizza, and Judith's like, all right, this is enough of this. You need to go. And Cynthia's like, I'm leaving. Get off of me. And she, her fingers are covered in pizza sauce. What does she do? Of course, wipes them on her shirt. Big old pizza stains. Damn, she, Cynthia's really getting into, they're like, do you know what you remind me of? You remind me of my sister. You're just so alike. She is aggressive as fuck. So now Cynthia's playing the blame game of, like, you never thanked me either, Judith. You got to run around with your friends while I took care of mom. I didn't have any friends. My daughter's supposed to be my best friend, but she's not. Yeah, Dina grabs her jelly. I can't with this right now. As her mother rails against Judith with like, You're so selfish, you don't clean up after your mother like I do. <laughs> so Dina's trying to find out where the fuck Garrett is. She goes to his house, he's not there. She goes to his hangout or wherever the fuck, he's not there. So the last place, of course, she goes to is going to be... that. This place should be the first place you go to. So, Dina gets up there, and lo and behold, Garrett is there, but he's not alone. He's got a lady caller there, and, um, piece of shit. Of course he's fucking somebody else. Why wouldn't he? So, we cut back to the house. Todd's on the phone trying to find Dina. There's a doorbell ring. It's Judith saying Dina's home, but I want to come here in person and speak to you. Cynthia's like, I don't want a lecture from you. So, Judith wants to have a walk down memory lane. Like, do you remember the time that Mom went out to get food? She came back so drunk, she threw up all over the food. Cynthia's like, yeah, I remember. I remember you ran out and left me to clean up the mess. So, basically, I'm guessing Judith is pointing out that Cynthia's just like their mother, and this pattern is continuing. Yeah, she is actually comparing this night like, she's like, you remember what that felt night like? Because Dina and Cynthia cuts her off, like, do not compare me to our mother. And she's like, I am nothing like her. And Judith rolls her eyes, like, you're fucking kidding me, right? This is a joke. She's like, you were tonight. You even sounded like her. And Cynthia fires back with, if I'm such a terrible mother, then why do I have such wonderful kids? Uh, do we need to, um, Go back to the beginning of this movie and watch all this unfold all over again because you definitely don't have. Oh, let's go get Adam. Let's get Adam and just see. 
how perfect he is. So again with the Garrett blaming, which I'm not fully surprised, she goes there and she's like, I still have Adam, he's so perfect, let's go get him and ask him. And Todd is like, the honey, he's sleeping. Let 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 him sleep, okay? We don't need to drag him into this shit. So Cynthia heads upstairs to get uh Adam and Todd's like, Oh, well she's under a lot of pressure. And Cynthia's like, Todd, don't make excuses. She's an alcoholic. Open your fucking eyes. Yeah, Adam had himself a fucking bender because Cynthia turns the light on and he's like, oh, mom, what do you want? I'm fucking sleeping. Leave me alone. So, yeah, he's very aggressive. And what does she find? An empty pint of vodka. Russian vodka. Do we really need to get a close-up shot of her face? We we see that she's uh, in shock. She just turns off his light and leaves the room. She comes downstairs like, oh, you're right, he was sleeping, and Adam decides to make an appearance. <laughs> As Cynthia pleads with her son to go back to bed. Go to bed. You are not able to walk down these stairs. And she tries to help him. Like, go back up the stairs, sweetie. He stumbles. Wow, angry drunks apparently run in this family as he's like, oh, let go of me, shoves his mother into a wall, knocking a picture frame off. Who are all these fucking people? Oh, they're Dina, Adam, and his dad, and then there's one of Dina and his her, uh, her mother. So Cynthia's like, this whole my kids are perfect bubble just burst, and she looks at her and says, like, this hasn't happened before. She looks at Todd, who can't even look at her in the face, like, tell her it hasn't happened before. No, it has. So Todd's done in his workshop, kind of cleaning up the wood scraps, and Cynthia is like, huh, why did you not tell me? Apparently... Adam's been like this before, once last summer, and then again at Christmas. So the reason that Todd didn't tell his wife about their son's drinking is because he didn't want it to upset her, because when she gets upset, she drinks. Thus, he's not really helping her by telling her. So basically, he's like, maybe you drank because I wasn't around, and I wasn't around because you drank. And Todd's like, it started so long ago, I don't even remember, you know, how it all began. And of course, wow! So Cynthia just kind of uh, proved Dina's point. She says, it started when we had Dina. Really? So Dina was not a planned pregnancy? (laughs) And neither was Adam? So he's been working on those bowls for 15 fucking years. And he shoots back with, that's when I stopped having a wife. So Todd gives us a little backstory of whenever Dina, Dina could be a vicious little girl. When she was young, whenever she got angry and is like, Cynthia wouldn't discipline her. She just let her, like, no, sweetie, that's okay. Todd says, you just rolled over and took it. So Dina has kind of been ruling the roost since she came into the world. And he says, you know, whatever she did, it was always your fault. She could never do, she could never do anything wrong. So in a way... I don't want to really put the blame on Cynthia, but this is just a pattern that kept repeating and repeating in the whole, I want to be my kid's best friend, to the point where it escalated into violence. So Cynthia shoots back with, maybe I needed her, because Todd says you needed her to be her best friend more than 
I guess uh, she needed a, a mother or whatever. And then, of course, Cynthia shoots back with, I needed her because she was all I had. Uh, they're just shooting barbs right at each other, like volleying in a tennis game, back and forth, back and forth. So, yeah, basically, Cynthia became all about her kids and almost pretty much forgetting her husband even existed. And Cynthia's like, you got it all backwards. That's not how it happened. He's like, I don't give a fuck how it happened. I think I need to get out of the basement and start actually being a father because what this is now is not working. And he's like, what matters is you need to stop drinking. He's not wrong there, Cynthia. You do need to stop, but you need to get help to stop. You can't do that on your own. So you need to start being a mother. And she's like, don't you talk to me about being a mother when you've been hiding in our basement for our entire marriage, working on these stupid bowls that she breaks. Well, he can just always make another one. Or maybe he's just going to give that up altogether and really come out of the basement and be a parent. Isn't it interesting that Dan Laria and Joanna Kearns actually used to date? They were together for a bit. I like that Todd is realizing they have a problem and he is willing to get the help. Of course, Cynthia is still playing the blame game like you're the one that needs help, not me. And he just looks at her like, you know what? You're right, but I'm going to get the help because all I care about is getting our family back. So we go to Dina's school. She's like, hey, I got a therapy appointment because Garrett shows up, wants to talk to her. Like, let me explain. She's like, no, I have a therapy appointment. We cut back to the house. Todd and Adam are ready to go to that therapy appointment. Cynthia's just sitting on the couch with a blanket draped over her. And he's like, hey, are you sure you don't want to come? We could really use the support and handle work on this together. Nope. She's just going to sit there and sulk and cry. And he goes over to her, puts a hand on her shoulder, kisses her on the top of the head, like, honey, I really wish you would come with us. We really need to work on this together as a family. It would mean the world to me if you would show up. I can't believe she's listening to the bullshit that's coming out of Garrett's mouth. He's like, oh, it's a girl I broke up with before I met you when she's possessive and everything. And Dina's just looking at him like, yeah, how many other girls you brought up to that roller coaster? Because uh, I'm sure I'm not the first. It's like, nope, nope, it's only been you bullshit typical guy she's like did you sleep with this girl and he of course is like yeah i want to make sure it was really over are you oh oh hate this guy hate him and even dina's not stupid she's like you had to have sex with her for that you are a piece of shit this garrett guy is just fucking nasty to look at i'm sorry not just his attitude and his character but just in general he's really gross Greasy dark hair, that fucking soul patch just makes me want to vomit. So Dina spots her dad and Adam walking to the therapist appointment. Gary's like, hey, you want to go hang out at my house he, and blow this off? She's like, I can't. If I miss it, I'll be back in lockup. I gotta make the appointment. So Adam and Todd are sitting there waiting for the therapist, waiting for Dina, who finally does show up. So Todd admits, like, I was hoping your mother would join us. Dina's like, why? And Todd's being really vulnerable here. He's like, because I want things to be different. And she's like, why? Like, oh, Dina, if you're not, you have to be willing to give this a shot to work on it. That is the only way things are going to get better. Yes, it's going to take time, but you have to make the effort. And that's probably what the judge is going to want you to do. Oh my goodness, this is breaking my heart with Todd admitting, you know, I love you, both of you, and I love your mother very much. 
And, and Todd's really opening up and being vulnerable. There isn't even a therapist in the room, I don't think, and they're just talking. And he's like, I know it just sounds like words. And then Dina's like, you didn't even want me anyway. And he looks at her like, well, that's not true. And Dina fires back with, you wanted mom to get an abortion. Where the fuck are you getting your information from? Maybe she heard him say that in a fight to Cynthia. I don't know. Oh, okay, so he doesn't exactly, he, this, Todd is near tears. His eyes are really glazing over. And he's like, I wanted to wait, that's all. As in, okay, so they got pregnant a little early that they weren't ready to be parents just yet. And Dina just looks at him like the answer's still yes in it, isn't it? And Todd is, he's crying. He's flat out in tears. He's like, I still love you. He said, that doesn't mean that I don't love you. That's why I'm here. This guy, oh my, Dan Loria. Oh, my heart, my heart. It's breaking. Oh, this guy, he, he is crying. He is pouring his heart and soul out to his kids. I don't think that's an end. I mean, the therapist, like I said, was not even in the room. They're probably in the wait. They're in the waiting room while all of this, with all of this. As the lady comes out with a mother and a teenage daughter, like, oh, that was a great session. I can't wait to see you guys next week and see all the work progress you've made. So, of course, they all introduce themselves, and that's when Cynthia comes in. Oh, thank goodness. She showed up. So Todd goes over to her, and Cynthia says in a tearful voice, I think we all need help. Like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And the fact that you're willing to admit it and you're there means that's half the battle right there is getting there. All right, so we get the reveal of the court. Uh, due to great progress reports from the therapist, they've agreed that Dina can go home, but she is on probation for a year. So that's not just done, you know. She's got to do 300 hours of community service, do anger management classes. Great, great, great. And she has to abide by any other guidelines that the probation officer deems appropriate. Gotcha. All right. So that's not terrible. That's, you know, you're getting help. You're going to therapy. You're doing the anger management. You're doing the, you know, uh, community service. Maybe you'll find something that you want to do as a career down the road or something. Of course, Judith is there. And also Garrett. Ugh. And uh, the judge says, you know, I see a lot of kids come back through that door and it's, you know, doesn't end well for them. But uh, I don't want to see you back here again, okay? So Cynthia hugs Dina and it's all good. Of course, Garrett winks to Dina as he heads out. So she goes to the abandoned roller coaster and hugs him. So he's like, hey, it's good news. She's like, yeah, I get to come home. And he's like, well, when do we get to leave? And I'm thinking, uh, I don't think her probation will allow for her to just up and go to California. So he's like, what do you mean you can't go? And she says, well, my mom's going into a treatment program and my dad's going to need help and I got to help with my brother and everything. Of course, Garrett is a selfish piece of shit. This guy is just like, oh, you need to give it a try. At least you owe me that much she doesn't owe you a fucking thing because she's like you could stay too and he's like i can't do that i like then get the fuck out of here good fucking riddance to your ass applaud to you dina she says i'm being honest with you i do not owe you more than that so he starts in with the guilt saying i waited six weeks for you and she's like i understand that and he's like you're coming with me and he raises his hand to her to slap her and she quickly turns her like oh don't do that this guy is pure fucking garbage 
Good fucking riddance. I hope you get run over by somebody. I hope he falls to his death on that roller coaster. So it's nighttime. Judith takes Dina back home and they all embrace on the porch. And that's it. That's the movie. I thought it was good rewatching this again. Um, you know, it showcased a lot of family problems and that they can somehow, with help and therapy and everything, be solved. And that I'm glad that they didn't take this whole thing lightly with Dina, you know, assaulting her parents. That the judge and the lawyer was like, you flat out assaulted them. You are not going to go home. And this is not just going to be dropped. You will face consequences. So, I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, it's a hokey 90s TV movie. It's like, that may be. Like I always say, people are entitled to their own opinion. That's absolutely fine. You know, I read those reviews, the the one star and and the and the ten star and everything, and I just I thought honestly, Joanna Kearns and Dan Laria knocked this out of the park, and I'm not surprised. We've seen their work in the Wonder Years. We've seen their work in Growing Pains, and seeing Dina there. I mean, yeah, the dialogue might be a little hokey, the delivery might be a little meh here and there, but. Bottom line, it, it was good. I mean, if I had to rate this out of 10, I would definitely rate it like a, maybe a 5 or a 6, you know, halfway point. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the review. I know it ran a little long, as they tend to do, but I just, I like to get in every possible detail. So, it's like you're watching the movie with me, right? So, I'm glad, you know, you guys enjoy this and everything, and have a wonderful start to the weekend. I hope that you're, uh... Weather's going better for you than it is for me, because it's snowing outside in April. But then again, it does that once in a while. But I don't think it's ever been to this extent. Granted, we've had ice storms in the last, like, 16 years, 16, 18 years. So, uh, yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.